the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back. This will be on the uh, culture and principles front. One of the damned things, that's the right word for it, too, about COVID, is we didn't even realize how much we had lost in interpersonal connections. Uh, One of my dear friends, one of my favorite guests, is uh, someone who's been on, obviously, uh, before, uh, Tim Jeffries. Uh, And, I, you know, we had lost touch during COVID, as so many of us had, and we were uh, gracefully uh, united at an event the other night, got to catch up with one another. And he has been doing some darned interesting and positive things, uh, especially during the past uh, couple of years when uh, COVID had so much of a shutdown. When there was darkness, he shined a light, as he always does. Tim Jeffries, welcome back to the show. It was so good seeing you and so good to see what you were up to. I wanted to extend an invite to you so that we could talk about some of this because I think our audience will eat it up. How are you, Tim? Uh, I'm blessed, Seth. And it, it was so wonderful for Mary Francis and I to see you the other day. And it, it's great to be back on the line with you when you're uh, great American listeners. Well, thanks, Tim. Uh, you know, I hope you know how much I think of you. Our audience does as well. Before, though, um, before I get into some of the stuff you're doing on the cultural and uh, principled front, and there's a couple of really interesting things you are, um, I wanted to take a moment to ask you in the times we're in where we cover so much of the rising violent crime problem here in Arizona, in America, whether it's whether whether it's the stories out of New York, whether it's the stories out of Sacramento, Tucson is now one of the top cities in the country that has seen a dramatic rise in crime. You have been an outspoken um, an outspoken leader uh, on the victim's rights side of the criminal equation, you and a few other mutual friends we have, some of this for you is emotional, some of it is intellectual, some of it is very personal. And I thought as long as I had you here, and while violent crime is on a lot of people's minds, if you might just share your perspective about all that we've been reading about in the rise of violent crime from your perspective, that of someone who gives a damn about victims' rights Take it any direction you want. I just wanted to get your take on it, Tim, before we got to yeah, some of your other stuff. The, well, based on the news, the uh, the discussion is timely, but it's also timely because April 24th through April 30th is National Crime Victims' Rights Week. And unfortunately, when we look at rampant, some would say out-of-control crime throughout our country, particularly in major cities, uh, it, it sure feels like the late 1970s again, yep. bleeding into the 1980s. Yep. And, it, you know, there's so much lack of reason, they say, uh, because data clearly shows more cops, less crime. Right. Data clearly shows more prisoners, less violent crime. Right. But yet... Uh, Folks on the progressive end of the spectrum, 
which means they're very, very far away from us, um, have, uh, have <laughs> come to this mad notion that there should be less cost, there should be less incarceration, and, and now they're scratching their heads because you know, crime is rampant in their blue-run city. Mm-hmm. It's, it's quite horrible. Mm-hmm. It is horrible, and some of them, some of them, Tim, sort of see it and are attempting to try and do some things about it on the margins, and some aren't. Some are doubling down. For example... Right. The mayor of San Francisco sort of sees it and is sort of trying to pull a bit of a reversal here, as if we forgot what she did in defunding the police two years ago. But she woke up and realized, well, you know, I, we have a city. we got to run here. Others, not so much. Others are still playing games with this avant-garde notion that you can get rid of police and crime at the same time. I, I don't know if it's some kind of neo-Marxist movement to reshape um, human nature. I don't know where it comes from, Tim. It comes from Mars, essentially, if not Marx. But 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 from the perspective of affecting real human beings, this shouldn't be seen, this violent crime, as something we just read about that's happening in some city or some state over there and not affecting us. This really does affect all of us. It's affected you directly in the past, hasn't it? Yes. Well, the good Lord created all of us, and uh, the murder of someone, the rape of someone, the abuse of a child should affect all of us. Um, And even if someone's not religious, violent crime frays the fabric of our nation. And you referenced San Francisco, which we could spend hours on, uh, scratching our heads all the way through. But let's let's talk about Seattle, sure. uh, where the defund the police movement really uh, came to the fore in an unbelievable national conversation. Mm-hmm. They slashed their police force by uh, several hundred officers uh, by way of attrition and and, uh, and and guys just being sick of it. Right. Well, now Seattle, a city of close to eight hundred thousand people, only has. Four detectives assigned to sexual assault. Unbelievable. Only four. Unbelievable. And sexual assault is up in Seattle as it is throughout the major cities. And there's only four detectives. And and that is a crime in and of itself. Yep. And what adds to the inanity of Seattle, so devilishly gleeful of moving police out, is they now have a $25,000 signing bonus in place to hire more cops. Uh-huh. After chasing them out. They had that great, I thought great, I, you know, I didn't do a deep dive, but I watched some of her speeches. I think her name was Carmen Best. They had this great female, African-American female commissioner. And during the riots of 2020, when the uh, when the rioters overtook her precinct, overtook the police uh, precincts, and she did not have the backing of the city council, the mayor, she left. This was a role model, I think, for the nation. But you know, we lost her. We lost her because we didn't back her up. Well, one of one of the reasons we still have a shot to remain the greatest nation in the world is our historic appreciation uh, and protection of the rule of law. Yeah, that's right. And what we're seeing primarily 
in major Blue Run cities is it is an egregious and abject abdication of the rule of law. And what that does, among the many things, is it also erodes the the community climate and the moral fabric of cities. You bet. You bet. Tim, a lot of the audience will remember you. I mean, you have done so many things in your in your young life. Uh, you're a fantastically successful entrepreneur and businessman. We're going to get to some of your new projects in just a few moments. Um, and a lot of people remember you for uh, working uh, by heading our state's agency uh, that you know took poor took care of our, to uh, took care of our poor our welfare uh, our welfare population. Connection between uh, crime and poverty is pretty high too, isn't it, Tim? I mean, if you want to get at poverty, you got to get at crime, don't you? Oh, we lost you there, Tim. I'm sorry about that. Bad connection. I'm going to have my producer call you right back, and we'll pick up on that question. Uh, It's an interesting thing. It's really the opposite of what conventional wisdom says is true. Uh, If you want to help the poor, if you want to solve the poverty problem, start with the crime problem. Start with the crime problem. It's not the other way around that defines it. It's not. You can look at the cities. You can look at the statistics. I think we – do we have Tim back almost? Yeah, we'll have him back in just a second. Tim, sorry about that. It was a bad connection. But here's what I'm going to do if it's okay with you, brother, because we're hitting the break. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you that question again and, and let you talk about it when we come back on the other side of the break. And then we'll get to uh, get to these other two projects of yours which I just think are fantastic, if that's okay. Let me go to the break real quick. And as we do, let me put in a word for our sponsor, Balance of Nature, their fruits and veggies. Go to balanceofnature.com for the whole food produce of 15 fruits and 16, excuse me, 16 fruits and 15 vegetables. Pure, potent, plant power. You just take it once a day, 100% natural using vine-ripened produce that is third-party tested for everything. It's 100% natural, not 99 and 44, 100% natural, 100% natural. Balanceofnature.com, you take their fruits and veggies once a day and you are good and raring to go. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. I'm Seth Liebson, he's Tim Jeffries. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Our guest is Tim Jeffries. He's going to talk to us about some really interesting projects. But before we were, we get to that, he is he has um, been not only responsible uh, uh, for running our state's welfare agency, he has been uh, a leader in the victims' rights movements. And I'll just pose the question again, Tim: given uh, given those two um, those those two areas of expertise. I just wondered if you might say a word or two about the connection between uh, crime and poverty. A lot of people like to ape the conventional wisdom that uh, poverty is what creates crime. Uh, my my thesis is um, is that they are attendant, and often it's the other way around. But you're the expert. I'd love to hear you out on it. Well, uh, evil preys on the disadvantage. Yeah. Evil preys on the 
misfortune and evil preys on the poor. Uh, the supermajority of the most egregious crime, rape, assault, um, murder, disproportionately affects the poor, the downtrodden, disadvantaged mm -hmm. uh, in our country. The very people who need government to work. So in my ardent, some would say strident, <laughs> defunding the police is fundamentally anti-poor. Yeah. Right. It is fundamentally racist. Yep. Defunding the police is anti-poor and it's racist yep. because evil preys on our minority community you know, more so than other communities. I think that's exact. That's well stated, Tim. Much better than I could have put it. I'll, I'll just share an anecdote with you. Uh, it's not. I mean, you see variations and incarnations of defund the police. Uh, an earlier version of it was legalize all drugs, and it seems to be that um, that these kinds of concepts really come from ivory towers and elites who can afford when you know things go south in their city. <clears throat> Remember traveling around to some college campuses with the former drug czar Bill Bennett. I think you know him uh, some mm -hmm. years back. Yeah. And that was kind of a big deal at the time. And <clears throat> no matter no matter where the college campus was that we went, we would hear about the need to legalize all drugs. And, you know, I remember one incident where a woman uh, was at the speech and she at one of these uh, events and she, um, from a poor community, and she happening to also be an African-American woman, said, shame on all of you. So easy for you to say that in a university where you have your own private security and in this very leafy neighborhood. We who have to live with this know what that does to our communities. Same thing could be said with the defund the police movement, Tim. Very easy for elites to talk about. Very easy for the comfortable to talk about. It's the ones we don't see so often or try not to see that have to bear and deal and suffer with these, you know, not so brilliant Harvard ideas. But they are Harvard ideas. I, I don't know if that resonates with you. Yeah. Well, above and beyond the fact, it's, it's fundamentally immoral for government not to protect her people. The progressive movement lacks intellectual coherence. They're apt to say a wall is hateful, yet they surround themselves. Yeah, yeah. They're apt to say uh, guns kill people, but yet they have armed security. Yeah. Oh, they're apt to say my body, my choice. Right. But yet they mandate vaccines. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so little intellectual coherence. In the progressive movement, and it's it's a it's a danger uh, to our country, to our communities, and when you you get down to the micro level, it's a it's a danger to people who desperately need America to work for. Them. That's right, and that's why I've always loved your voice, Tim, because you speak on these people on behalf of these people who don't have the voice, don't have the microphone, don't have. Yeah the spotlight on them, because society does try not to look at them. I mean, look at L.A. Uh, we could talk about San Francisco for hours, as you said. We could do the same with L.A. I mean, you can take these great places, turn them into uh, rat holes, 
and then ignore the problem altogether as if it's not a problem that you caused because you don't want to face up to it. I mean, it's just a really sad cycle and more and more people who can afford it just move out of that neighborhood. And now there's a thing. I was at an event uh, like we, the one we were at the other night where I ran into you. I was at an event where someone was talking to me about going back to her hometown in California, Southern California. She said, and, you know, I was born in this area, but not that area where people don't go to. And I thought, boy, how easy we just say that about places in America now. Yeah. Not that place where people don't go to anymore. It's just too casual. We shouldn't be... We shouldn't get used to that. We shouldn't get used to decadence, Tim. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, it's so true. Um, another uh, proclivity of the progressive movement is is horrific name calls. Yeah. So they're apt to call you, me, uh, your listeners, racist. Right. Well, more often than not, we're not the ones who support abortion. Right. We're not the ones who support uh, infanticide. We're not the ones who are comfortable with the fact that an African American baby in New York City has less than a fifty percent chance of being born. Right. Because more than fifty percent are aborted. Right. 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 Uh, I don't know if you know the work of a Catholic theologian uh, scholar passed away uh, five, six years ago, maybe Michael Novak. He's, he said the abortion movement mm-hmm. has been a scythe in the African-American community, depriving us about of, uh, almost 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 one out of five African-American babies that could have been born. He, I, I, I thought that 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 image was so strong and poignant. It's moved like a scythe through the African-American community. It truly has. Um, and yeah, I, I I I take I take I take nothing seriously about anyone who wants to call you and people like you and me racist. We just you know I think we have to put it right back in their face, which might be a good segue to some of the stuff that I wanted to get you on in the first place. We haven't even gotten to it yet. That I wanted to get you on a couple of your projects, kind of not necessarily uh, being up in your face, but certainly flexing the muscle, certainly flexing the intellectual and theological muscle where you have right and truth on your side. You have started a lot of different projects. The two I wanted to talk to you about today was the Holy Monday Project, and the other one was the Halcyon Movement. Uh, you and and, mm-hmm. and, and and in fairness, I suppose you and, and some friends and colleagues started these things or initiated them. They look like they're beginning to go at great guns, and uh, if you can uh, bear with me through this other quick commercial break, uh, you take which one you want to take first. I want to talk about both of them with you, and we'll begin on the other side of this segment, if the, uh, on the other side of this commercial break, if that's okay with you, Tim. Sounds great, brother. All right, good. We will be right back with Tim Jeffries to talk about two of these really interesting and neat projects. The Halcyon Movement, Halcyon is spelled H-A-L-C-Y-O-N, for those uh, in the audience who uh who uh, who don't know it, and then the Holy Monday Project as well. I'm Seth Leibson. He's Tim Jeffries. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Tim Jeffries is our guest. Uh, we were talking about a lot of uh, stuff in his background having to do with some currents, but he's working on some things that go really more to the everlasting and the durables, 
which is, I really think, where our focus needs to be. So I'll praise Tim for you doing doing these things. Um, two of them are the Halcyon movement uh, that you helped start, and the other one is the Holy Monday project. Uh, I want to do them both, and you you tell me which one you'd like to start with in describing it for our audience. Well, for Mary Frances and me, it started with the Halcyon movement. Okay, we view that as the mothership nonprofit. Okay, and the the short motto for the Halcyon movement is. Speak truth and fight evil. Good. Now, this recent Monday, under the umbrella of the Halcyon Movement, we launched HolyMonday.com, and the motto of HolyMonday.com is love God, hate evil. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, with the Halcyon Movement, we exist to attack the seven deadly sins on the World Wide Web. Mm Mm-hmm as well as to bring light to the dark purveyors of evil. Mm -hmm. And we have been very successful in both those regards. The Holy Monday Project uh, has commenced as an apparel company, and it it speaks to a, a muscular Christianity, a muscular Catholicism, in trying to carve back some truth uh, and 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 vigor in society uh, for men, but also for for women. Mm-hmm. It's probably unusual for a lot of people in any audience to hear someone say we're fighting the seven deadly sins on social media. You're not talking about the seven deadly sins. Of social media, you're talking about the seven deadly sins. Yeah. Well, whether whether someone of faith or not, we can agree that as a result of pride, of greed, of lust, of envy, of gluttony, of rage, and sloth, bad things happen. Uh, people may not call them sins, but bad things happen. And one of the first Sins we attacked was lust, uh, specifically uh, pornography. Good. Which is a scourge. It was a scourge before COVID. It's even more so now. Yeah. And the scourge of pornography accelerated with the adoption of mobile phones. Yep. So we ran an extensive digital campaign in the fall and the net of that campaign is that we had over 3,000 people download software to block pornography on all of their electronic devices. Fantastic. Fantastic. Can I give out the website? Of course I can. The halcyonmovement.org. Is that the right one to give out, Tim? The halcyonmovement.org. That's correct. Have people start there. Now, okay, we're a, we're a country of well over 300-something million people. But if you stop to consider 3,000 fathers, even some mothers, because women use porn too, maybe a marriage was sick. Maybe a political career was sick. Mm-hmm. 
maybe a child was an abuse. Mm. So it's very tangible, and we have a digital model such that we can move the needle from sin to virtue in in a breathtakingly affordable way. I, I just think this is so fantastic. i, I got to take another quick break. This was a short segment. We have a longer one coming up. I want to talk about some of the other campaigns your Halcyon movement has done. I, I, the campaign uh, launch uh, was a fascinating one to me as I'm reading through what you've been doing to take the ta- stand for truth. But let's come back on abortion for just—excuse me, on pornography for just a few moments if we can— uh, because I, I, I think people are – I don't know if people actually understand not only how insidious it is, but how early that we are now priming children for it. If we can just talk a little bit about that and some of your other campaigns when we come back, I'd love to do that with you, Tim Jeffries. Perfect. I appreciate you. I appreciate that. I'm Seth Leibson. He's Tim Jeffries. Again, the website, thehalcyonmovement.org. Halcyon is H-A-L-C-Y-O-N. It's not a word you see very often. I'm glad you're bringing it back. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Tim Jeffries is our guest. Among other things he has been up to lately was putting together with some colleagues uh, a great website and a great tool, set of tools, but it's called the Halcyon Movement, thehalcyonmovement.org, and Halcyon is H-A-L-C-Y-O-N. Uh, Tim, we were just talking about one of the projects uh, you were engaged in uh, last year, started last year, I should say, started, still engaged in, and that was helping people break free from the, the snares of pornography. And I just, I just want, I just wonder what's happened to a society or a culture where um, even our allies on the liberal side of things used to join us in our campaigns against pornography, particularly within the feminist movement. Tim, been at this a long time, and 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 what's interesting to me now is while. Pornography, as opposed to obscenity, just a legal distinction, pornography is generally legal, though obviously problematic. One thing that's never been legal is child pornography. And you look at what some of these children's book publishers are putting out. You look at some of this debate about what was going on in Florida. You look about some, at, at some of the books that were in the classrooms that the moms in Virginia uh, were showing us. And frankly, it's happening in Arizona, too. If you listen to Arizona Women of Action and look at what they're revealing in some of our Scottsdale schools particularly, um, this stuff is very close to that borderline of with the sexualization of children, of child pornography. It's not exactly the legal definition, but it's pretty darned close to the sociological definition, and they're nowhere to be found. What are we doing to our children, Tim? Well, if, if you destroy children, you destroy a society. Yeah. And, and why progressives are seemingly so hell-bent on exposing children to things that, one, shouldn't be in the classroom, period, but, two, certainly shouldn't be in front of a young child. I, it, well, I can only attribute it to evil, mm-hmm. pure, unadulterated evil. Um, 
you mentioned the feminist movement, right. and again, I, I speak to the lack of intellectual, of intellectual coherence. So the feminist movement has, has done a lot of great things. Yep. Uh, Title IX for women's sports yep. is, 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 a, is a beautiful step forward uh, for women in college to, to have a shot at a level playing field. Mm-hmm. But yet, now you have male swimmers swimming in female events and scores of feminists are quiet. Yep. And, you know, the Halcyon movement and Holy Monday exists to address such things. The Halcyon movement exists to educate people on moral truth, impact culture, inspire a virtuous situation, and build the common good. We attack sin and offer virtue as the rightful answer. And this, this is not religious. This, this dates back thousands of years. Yeah, you can, get, you can get it from Aristotle and be a pagan for all I care. That, that's right. Aristotle and Nicomachean ethics yep. spoke at length about the criticality of virtue and good habits. Yep. Um, it's fundamental to a, a well-working, well-ordered, and kind uh, society. Now, the Holy Monday group is is a very uh, vigorous initiative okay. of the House of okay. The Holy Monday group it, 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 it's, it's commenced as an apparel company, mm-hmm. um, but similar to any number of veteran apparel companies and and first responder apparel companies, uh, this is more of a Christian apparel company. Mm-hmm. But there's no Christian apparel company like this in the world. Uh, because we're not afraid to be in the face of evil. For instance, uh, you could buy a hoodie or a t-shirt that says on the front, hate evil. And on the back will be one of my favorite psalm verses. Psalm 97, verse 10. Let those who love the Lord hate evil. Now, you may ask, well, why Holy Monday? Well, Holy Monday was this past Monday. And it's like one of my favorite days of Holy Week, because that's when Jesus went into the temple and started flipping tables of the money changers and fashioned a whip and was chasing them. That's my Jesus. That's, I call that gangster Jesus. Jesus is love, but we have to love enough also fraternally correct. Yeah, and to give a hoot, right? To give a damn, if yes. I might. Yes. You know, it's funny. It's, you have a you you have an apparel company. You, what, what was that? What was the front of the t shirt? How did you? How how is it cast? What does it say? Hate evil. Hate evil. Hate evil. You know, it's funny that that will run probably into a lot of modern sensibilities as strange or odd or. Maybe even in some in some cases just um, just confusing or perhaps even too strong in some respects, too certain, yeah. 
to certain. You know, the liberal world loves the search for truth. It hates when you find it, right? It hates the finding and the destination. It loves the notion of searching for it. But you know, I, I think you and I are roughly the same age. I think we are. And and Tim, I got to tell you, you know, it just doesn't feel like that long ago. This culture was a better culture, and it was suffused with that sort of stuff. People growing up here will remember. You didn't grow up here. I grew up here. People remember growing up here around our age that, you know, the TV, probably where you grew up too, but the, the TV, the network channels, that's all we had. You know, they'd go off air around midnight. And um, in the case of Channel 10 here back in the day, I think it was a CBS affiliate, but Channel 10 in those days, they had, a, they had emblazoned across the screen, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord from, from the Psalms. I don't remember which psalm that is off the top of my head. You probably do. But blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. We, we, just, we just didn't hide this stuff. We weren't nervous or hesitant about it. And now we've come yeah. in a very short time to a point where – Seeing a T-shirt that says something like "Hate evil" uh, could uh, it, it, it would appear very strange to the modern person. You can well, change it. You can well, change a society in a generation. Reagan warned about it. It's eminently true. That's all I'm trying to say, I guess. Yeah. Well, another uh, T-shirt on the front says "Biology matters." Biology matters. <laughs> Biology and on matters. Said, there's only two genders. I love it. I love it. And I could expand from there, but I want to keep this there. No, I I, I think it's fine. As I have one more short segment, if you'd like to expand on anything or wrap up anything, I'll, I'll give you that opportunity Please. to do so on the other side of this break. I'll leave the audience with a thought. I say it all the time. This is what we're talking about, though. It's the novelist Walker Percy. You have to push back as hard against the age that pushes against you. I'll have Tim Jeffries give us some concluding thoughts when we come right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Tim Jeffries has been our guest this hour. We don't often keep guests for a whole hour. I want to thank Tim for his time. When they are brave, when they are bold in doing something interesting and different, they warrant and merit it, and Tim's projects do. Tim, just a couple minutes here. Uh, you were talking about the Halcyon Movement that you helped start, Halcyon, Movement.org, one of its projects, Holy Monday, holymonday.com. Take the last couple minutes, put it all together, or any concluding thoughts you want as we're heading into a, a pretty holy weekend for for a lot of faiths, actually. Uh, anywhere you want to take well, us, Tim. Yeah, thank you again for the time. You know, the devil, darkness, evil, uh, the godless, they want us to be discouraged. They want us to feel defeated. But the fact exists, all saints have a past and all sinners have a future. Yeah. And the folks listening, um, similar to me, they all have stuff. And I'm sure they look at our country and they're discouraged. But we can make a difference. And the Halcyon Movement and the Holy Monday Group are making uh, a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, this isn't just the comments from a man of faith. These are comments of reason. I tell people all the time that I'm pro-science, and they, they look at me quite <laughs> odd. And I, 
and I'll say I I believe in chromosomes and heartbeat and dare I say genitalia. I think these scientific facts are rooted in reason and should be heeded. Up to including if a senior citizen still has a heartbeat, uh, we should never even think about euthanasia as is increasingly the case in the Western world. So with the Halcyon movement, we're attacking sin and offering virtue. And with the Holy Monday Project, we are trying to reclaim some space, some conversation rooted in faith and reason. Uh, Because ultimately, uh, because I I am Roman Catholic, a devout Christian, at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ, that's my safe space. And with that safe space, I'm not afraid to take on any fight. Sounds like another great T-shirt. This is my safe space with a picture of that. Tim Jeffries, Godspeed to you and God bless you. And, of course, your lovely, lovely, lovely bride, if I could speak, lovely bride Mary Frances, who I esteem so much. I hope you know as well. Tim, God yeah. bless you, and thank you for this, and thank you for what you're doing, and thank you for who you are. Thank you, brother. You betcha. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.